It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's a sports rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. weekend and what a show and i mean it incredible two hours coming your way to get you into your sports weekend it is the sports rush your daily local sports fix four to six i am brett rump back in the captain's chair even though the chair has been relocated to detroit michigan today where i am broadcasting live adam lundy our producer back in the 1380 the fan studios and a big thanks, of course, to Griff jumping in and taking care of things for me the last couple of days when I've been unavailable. And it is kind of odd because probably 80 or 90 percent of the show, if I could manage to do it on a bus or or in a hotel before departing for the game, I probably could have done the show the last couple of days. So, you know, it's. I became kind of one of you. I became a listener of the Sports Rush the last couple of days. And a big thanks to, to Griff. Great job as always filling in. But we have got today's show jam-packed. We've got Greg Rakestraw from ISC Sports Network and, of course, the IHSAA Champions Network. He's going to join us coming up in just about 15 minutes. Also, this hour, special guest. And I hope you post this on social media. I hope you call your friends and neighbors, anybody that's an IU fan, anybody that's a college basketball fan, anybody looking forward to Purdue and Indiana tomorrow. Because we've got former... Indiana University assistant coach, former Michigan State assistant coach, and former IPFW coach, head coach, and yes, was IPFW when he was in Fort Wayne. It is Dane Fife who will join the program coming up 30 minutes from now, so you'll want to be uh, tuned in and locked in for that. We're going to talk IU-Purdue, the rivalry. Where is it at today versus when he played uh, how much of the rivalry was lost when the coaches moved on. Of course, for Bob Knight, we know what that situation was. He was pretty well asked to move on. For Gene Cady, he, uh, he may have been asked a little bit too, but it was a smooth transition to the coach in waiting, Matt Painter. And, uh, boy, what a job Matt Painter has done for the Purdue Boilermakers, leading him to the number one spot in the country. And it is a huge game at Simon Scott Assembly Hall coming up tomorrow. And Dane Fife will be with us coming up at 4.30 to preview this and to talk about some of the memories with uh, not only the Dons, with Michigan State, with Indiana, so keep uh, keep it locked in for Dane Fife, 30 minutes away. Also, our number two, we're packed. Rayfield Davis is going to join us for the Big Ten Network, former Southside Archer, former Purdue Boilermaker. And, of course, we'll get his breakdown on the Big Ten, the state of the Big Ten. Um, 
is it a down year? Is it just a year of parity in the Big Ten? Are the teams just beating each other up? Are these little lower quality teams than maybe some of the better years of Big Ten basketball? We'll get that take from Rayfield Davis coming up at 520 and then at around 535. What a win last night. For Purdue-Fort Wayne women's basketball, they knocked off the leader in the Horizon League, the 17-5, 10-2 in the conference, Youngstown State Penguins. And that is just uh, uh, one of many signature moments we're going to have with this basketball team under Coach Maria Marcasano, and she is going to join us coming up at 535. Of course, you're always connected with the show at 46862. It's 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. You are connected with us. Questions, comments, suggestions. What do you think about tomorrow's game, Purdue versus IU? What do you got and why do you got it? Let us know on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. Also, Adam, you've got to help me here. Um, do we have boat show tickets still to give away because you know i've been disconnected for a couple days so i really don't know yes we do uh who's picking the word today i will let you pick the word today mr Rump. <laughs> you've used up all your easy words the last couple of days pretty Captain much and sailing or yeah 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 so Okay, I'll come. Up, I'll come up with one that will give you a a, a keyword to text into us, and uh, we'll find a winner of four tickets for the Fort Wayne Boat Show coming to the Coliseum next weekend. Um, all right, so uh, I guess it's time to get this thing underway. Last night had the Mastodons game at Oakland, and what a big win on the road for the Mastodons! In fact, I don't know how long it's been. Since the men and women, the two basketball teams actually won big, significant games on the same night. But it, it seems like it hasn't happened frequently enough over the last, what, eight, nine years. But last night, the Mastodons go into the arena to take on Oakland, who was 7-5 and five in the Horizon League after losing their first two in league play and losing two in a row last weekend where they were on the road at Youngstown State and then an upset loss to Robert Morris. And the Mastodons did basically what they did a year ago. They hit three-point shots. They attacked that zone defense by Oakland and kind of picked it apart. And the Mastodons rolled out to an early lead. Oakland came back. Mastodons reclaimed another lead. They extended it up to 14 points. Uh, then Oakland came storming back. And eventually, the Mastodons were able to hold on down the stretch. And a big part of that was Jared Godfrey, who scored 32 points last night. And it became more than just a special night in the scoring column. He had seven rebounds. But it also became a historic night for Jared Godfrey because there's very few players that accomplish what he accomplished in last night's game. And for those of you that weren't listening, here's what happened. The fifth-year senior with 1,999 points in his career looking for 2,000 and a nine-point lead. It's on the way and got it! 2,000 points for Jared Godfrey. 80 to 71 with 24.9. Uh, 
Adam, I will let you take a stab at this, but in the last 30 years of NCAA basketball, how many players have accumulated this stat line? 2,000 career points, 600 career rebounds, 400 career assists, 200 career steals, and 200 made three-pointers. How many players in the last 30 years of NCAA Division I basketball have accomplished that? I'm going to guess, is it just one, that being Jared Godfrey? You know, I kind of set it up to make it sound that way. No, it's not just one. But oh. it, it's a pretty rare feat that, you know, they're actually, there's only four. But if you think of the... Wow thousands and ten thousands of players that have played division one basketball and some of the superstars and nba talents i mean it you know first of all it takes you playing a full career in college number two uh it takes you being uh, a contributor in a lot of different categories i mean for a for a guy who plays the one or the two guard which jared godfrey plays to have uh, 600 career rebounds that's a pretty special number and um, and then to add to it, 400 assists, uh, 200 steals. You know, and you know, if we want to narrow it down further, he's probably got 200 turnovers too. But we won't count those. But uh, <laughs> he's a pretty special player, and he's leading the Dons in scoring. And last night had a pretty special night. And it was funny because we mentioned Dane Fife's going to join the show, and the way that happened is Dane Fife actually was the color analyst on the Oakland. ESPN Plus broadcast last night. And so he was at the arena when the Don showed up for their uh, game day practice. And, um, and and I know we were talking a little bit and, and I was giving him some some pointers and he's and I said one thing to watch for. And I said, I know it's going to take a pretty big night. And I said, he hasn't really come close to scoring it this year. But just in case, Jared Godfrey needs 30 to hit 2,000. And uh, really, the story last night going into the game was Deontay Billups was only four points away from becoming the fifth Mastodon to have 1,000 career points. And uh, I, I don't know. Coach Kaufman keeps bringing that up, but I don't, nobody has told me at this point how many NCAA basketball teams there have been that have had five 1,000-point scorers on the team at the same time. But right now, the Mastodons have five players that are 1,000 point scorers in their college career but um, but anyway um, and, and lo and behold Godfrey uh, had like 23 points he, I, he had like a 20 point first half and then he was kind of quiet in the second half and he has like 23 points I think with like three minutes or so left and then all of a sudden you get into the foul situation they get the ball in his hands he gets fouled where he's like a 94% free throw shooter and so he just goes to the line time and time again and keeps dropping in free throws next thing you know he's up to 28 points and getting fouled and i tried to turn around while doing the broadcast cuz cuz dane was kind of over my left shoulder and i was giving him the signal that he you know these two points could give him 2000 so uh, so they could cover it on the television broadcast last night. But had a chance to visit with Dane Fife yesterday and in our conversation said, hey, what about coming on the show today? And uh, 
You know, I'm like, you're not doing anything. Um, ouch. But uh, so so Dane is going to join us coming up uh, about 16, 17 minutes from now. But uh, on the way today, of course, Pacers, big game last night. We'll kind of tell you what happened with the Pacers. We've got uh, high school basketball coming your way tonight. Girls semifinals continue in sectional play. And we've got a broadcast coming your way somewhere around 740 tonight with the Wayne Generals taking on the Homestead Lady Spartans and drama we had with Homestead Columbia City the other night. And if you remember, I've been off for a couple of days. So, I mean, all these things that have been happening, like uh, what what has – oh, uh, uh, there's some quarterback, Tom Brady, that retired while I was off. Uh, yeah. But we've got to talk about that. Um, we've got – what else ha- happened? Uh, I, I mean, it's been a busy – it's been a fairly busy couple days. I mean, I always like it when my fill-in gets, you know, handed a softball. What was the story? John Nolan got handed a softball when he filled in. Do you remember that? Yeah, uh, I do. I don't I remember, remember the, now what it yeah, even was. I don't remember the story either. But but I laughed. I said nothing like having your entire show, uh, uh, you know, basically prepped for you because of the news of the day. And I don't remember exactly yeah. what the news was. Maybe he was filling in when Wright got fired. I. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, I think it was something is, like that. It was it was big, where he basically had his whole show just handed to him. But anyway, we've got a lot to cover today, and we'll do that. And we'll start by talking to Greg Rakestraw. He comes up next here on the Sports Rush. Hey, don't forget, we're going to be there next week. In fact, at Christopher James Menswear. That's right, the Sports Rush out of the studio into the store. We will be broadcasting our little. A bit of entertainment from Christopher James Menswear coming up next Wednesday from 4 to 6. Plenty of reasons for you to stop by. Not only will we have prize packages, including I think we're going to have some Comets tickets to give away. I think we'll have more boat show tickets. But they also have tremendous savings store-wide. In fact, it's a sale they only do one time a year with 50 to 75% off. That is next week. In fact, right now, if you want to get a jump on it, you can save up to 50% store-wide on great names, great brands, and quality clothing. Plus, the experience at Christopher James Menswear is going to make you comfortable knowing you're getting the right fit. You're getting clothes that are tailored to your body type. You're going to feel good wearing a Christopher James Menswear outfit. So check it out. Go see them. They're in Covington Plaza and uh, and tell them that I sent you. And if you, you don't get there this week, plan on being with us next Wednesday from 4 to 6. Stop by after work. Get yourself signed up. Pick up some prizes. We'll have those with us in a live broadcast of the Sports Rush next Wednesday at Christopher James Menswear. They are again in Covington Plaza at the corner of West Jefferson and Getz. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Whenever we start to compare NFL legends, we take a lot into account. you got stats and impact on the game and Super Bowls and all pro selections, and then there's the Pro Bowl. But the Pro Bowl is starting to become irrelevant. Maybe it already is. Take Tyler Huntley as an example. The QB was named the Pro Bowl as an alternate. Now, he's done a nice job in relief of Lamar Jackson, but a Pro Bowl selection is a stretch. Huntley threw two touchdown passes. He threw three interceptions this season. And when you start to look at the recent history of the Pro Bowl, it's 
starting to become a theme. Mitchell Trubisky named to the Pro Bowl in 2018. Former Titans quarterback Vince Young made two Pro Bowls. The average NFL lifespan is about three years, so it's hard to criticize any player who has managed to remain relevant for an extended period of time. But when we start to compare players, the recent history of Pro Bowl nominations is evidence it's time to stop using those nominations as an indication of great success. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. This message is brought to you by Discover. Did you know you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection? The latest innovation from Discover. Discover will help regularly remove your personal information like your name and address from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And they'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. That's discover.com slash online privacy protection. Football weather is here. Freezing temperatures, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires ready to tackle winter's worst? Well, the experts at TireRack.com will get your vehicle ready for prime time. They sell tires that dominate winter, like the Pirelli Soto Zero. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan and tell them what you drive. Test results, tire ratings, consumer reviews, all the stats you need to make the right call. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, listen up. I have to whisper since this is considered the best-kept secret in Fort Wayne. Coyote Creek Bar and Grill is a great place for lunch or dinner for anyone. That's right, it's open to the public and offers delicious food in a relaxed sports bar setting. Plenty of TVs with your favorite games, a relaxing view of the pond and golf course, and a variety of menu items to satisfy every taste. All right, I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't keep this a secret. Everyone should experience lunch and dinner at Coyote Creek. It's not just for club members. Not only are you welcome, you're invited. Special prices like six domestic beers for $16 and daily food and drink specials. There's a family room, a private area for company meetings or parties, all in a relaxing sports bar atmosphere. Come for a business lunch or a family dinner, or just to hang out with the guys. At Coyote Creek Bar and Grill, you don't need to be a member. On Hillegas Road by I-69. If you're looking for insurance, here's a name to know. Mark Odin. Hold on, hold on. It's pronounced Edding. But it's spelled O-E-T-T-I-N-G. Yes, and O-E-T-T-I-N-G. It's pronounced Edding. Okay, so it's like the O is silent, O-E-T-T-I-N-G is Edding. Got it. Take two. <clears throat> Mark Edding of Edding Insurance Agency has not only served the community as an independent insurance agent his entire career, but he's also been coaching youth sports since his playing days over 40 years ago. And you you can trust him to coach you in finding the right insurance for your specific needs, including auto owner's insurance. Mark is a big supporter of local youth sports, both as a sponsor of teams and as a coach and as an insurance coach. He'll provide you with guidance and lay out a game plan to provide the best coverage for your needs at the best possible rates. For auto, home, business, and life insurance, trust the insurance coach, Mark Odin. That's Edding. Sorry, Edding Insurance Agency in New Haven, an agency trusted by our community since 1964. That's Edding, your independent auto owner's insurance agency, online at OE. T-T-I-N-G-I-N-S dot com. This portion of the Sports Rush with Brett Rump is being brought to you by Edding Insurance in New Haven. Personalized insurance services since 1964. That's Edding, O-E-T-T-I-N-G, insurance. This is Purdue Fort Wayne men's basketball coach John Coffin, and you're listening to the Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Go Dons! Dons have a chance to sweep the weekend after the win over Oakland last night, 82-73, to 32 from Jared Godfrey. The Dons will take on Antoine Davis and the Detroit Mercy Titans tomorrow. 
one o'clock at Callahan Hall, just on the north edge of Detroit, Michigan. And uh, we'll be on the air with the coverage starting at 1245 tomorrow. And then the Dons will head home for four in a row at uh, at home before they uh, finish the season going on the road. But, uh, you know, it's hard to believe we're, we're in the stretch run. I mean, what have we got, like six more conference games, six, seven more conference games? It's, it's uh, getting down to the nitty-gritty, and that was a huge win last night over a team that you're chasing because now the Dons in Oakland are tied up in the standings with seven and six records, and... Uh, and and then we were watching the four overtime game. We had a chance actually when we finished to watch another game because they were in like the second overtime and ended up going to the fourth overtime when Youngstown State was able to get a coast-to-coast drive and layup from Dwayne Cohill, who ended up beating Wright State. So Youngstown State keeps pace at the top of the conference, but we'll have the Detroit game tomorrow here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Once again, 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. And uh, last night, Pacers were in action at home, and it was the return of Tyrese Halliburton. He looked healthy. He looked active. He looked very good and had uh, ended up with 26 points. Halliburton also had 12 assists. Unfortunately, the Pacers blew a fourth quarter lead in fact uh the pacers at one point led 98 to 84 early in the fourth quarter then they were outscored by lebron and company 28 to 13 over the last 11 and a half minutes so the lakers get a win in indy last night 112 to 111 lebron james departs town still 63 points shy of the all-time NBA scoring record. And, you know, it, it is kind of interesting. What, you know, what is going to happen? If you remember the home, the chase of the home run record, it was like every at bat we were seeing. You know, basketball, you really don't have at bats, but do they join the game when LeBron gets within three points of the record? I mean, what, what, what is that moment going to be like? And then when will it happen? You have to think. We're about two to three games away from LeBron taking that title from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But yeah, last night, LeBron ends up with uh, 26 points. Anthony Davis scored 31. You know who was a key contributor to the Lakers last night? And he kind of got his opportunity when Anthony Davis got hurt and missed some games. Thomas Bryant has been playing really well for the Lakers. And last night, in his return to the state... He had 11 points. He was a perfect 4-for-4 four four from the field, including hitting a three-point shot. He uh, only played 12 minutes but got 11 points in those 12 minutes. I mean, if you look at it <laughs> over a 48-minute uh, game, uh, he'd end up with a 44-point night. So that was pretty significant. Also six rebounds, uh, but, uh, but a big night for Thomas Bryant. I, I do have, uh, I, I do have a, a good trivia question. And, uh, and in fact, you know what? I'm, I'm going to throw this out and this is going to be the way we're giving away our boat show tickets today. Because what we'll do, anybody that wants to text us and give us the answer to this little trivia question, uh, and gets the answer right, we will randomly select one of you to get the four tickets to the Fort Wayne boat show coming up next week at the Coliseum. 
And uh, my, my question of the day, LeBron James just about to become the all-time scoring leader in NBA history. How many scoring titles does he have in his career? Now, that would be a uh, finishing the season with the top per-game scoring average in the NBA. How many scoring titles does LeBron James have in his career? Now, I'll give you a, a, a quick uh, tidbit. Michael Jordan, he finished with 10 scoring titles. And so how many scoring titles did uh, LeBron James have? Let us know at 46862. That's 46862. And again, we'll give you the answer later, and we will randomly select somebody who gets it right uh, for those boat show tickets. I really want to talk to our next guest, Dane Fife, former Purdue, Fort Wayne, or IPFW head coach, went on to coach on the bench of Tom Izzo up at Michigan State for many years, left Michigan State and joined Mike Woodson down in Indiana University, and, uh, well, we all know things didn't work there, but Dane Fife now doing some broadcast work this year as he tries to sort out where his future is. Is it broadcasting? Is it coaching? But uh, he's a great guy to talk to with tomorrow's big game between the Indiana Hoosiers and the Purdue Boilermakers. So we will be talking, hopefully, fingers crossed, to Dane Fife when the Sports Rush returns on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Coming up in hour number two, Raphael Davis, former Boilermaker, will join us. Also, we'll talk to Maria Marcasano as the Purdue-Fort Wayne women got a huge home court win, come from behind over Youngstown State yesterday. And we'll talk to the coach because tomorrow, also a very special day, it is Pink Out, an annual event to recognize all the breast cancer survivors and to honor those that may have been lost to the disease. So it's a very special day, a very meaningful day, an emotional day. And we'll talk to Maria Marcasano about it in hour number two. Right now, it is our pleasure to welcome to the program uh, longtime coach, now broadcaster. All these guys that coach think they can broadcast, and all the guys that broadcast think they can coach. It, it just works that way. It's Dane Fife joining us on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline. Dane, how are you? And you know what, Fred? I'm not going to take that crap from you. I don't think you can coach. I forgot to mention that I model. <laughs> I, I, uh, hey, I tell you what, I, I, I think I've got game when it comes to coaching. I, I think I got. I think nobody's asked me for a scout yet, but I think I. <laughs> I uh, I could handle it. Uh, last night was fun. You had a chance to see your former team, and I know it's been a long while, and so there's some new faces from those that uh, that were here when you uh, when you were the head coach. But getting a chance to see the Mastodons, get a get a chance to spend some time at practice. What was that like yesterday? Well, I look. I was. I gosh, I guess I hadn't realized how. Uh, or paid much attention to their uniforms. <laughs> They're now the Purdue colors instead of the, <laughs> I guess, the Kentucky. Uh, Ryan Sims, who was a GA for me, is now an assistant coach and a very good coach. And then um, you also have someone like Pat Lepper, who's an assistant coach. He was one of my, probably one of my very first recruits um, at Fort Wayne. So, 
and, and, you know, I've known John for a long time. John was hired by Tony Jasic, who was my assistant there at Fort Wayne. So it's, uh, I guess I, I didn't feel like I was too far removed. And uh, I saw a lot of things that, that John does that was similar to some of the stuff that, that we did. And so I, I guess um, I was just really impressed ultimately with how, how much the program's grown um, just in, in, in the overall feel. You know, I kind of always felt like, you know, we were a doormat <laughs> when, when I coached there, especially the first uh, three or two or three years, and, and that people viewed us. But I think, you know, watching Fort Wayne last night, what they did to open, how well they played, uh, at times, I mean, you know, and then to see if they beat in Indiana twice, once there, once in our place. And it, it just, you know, a sense of pride, sense of, um, sense of family, a sense of belonging. It, it was really good to, to, uh, reconnect in that way with those guys yesterday. Of course, having the years in the Summit League and then the Mastodons moving into the Horizon League, um, I think you've got to earn the respect of the other league members and you know you're the new guy coming in you know show me something and coach Kaufman has referenced this a few times that the Mastodons being picked as a co-favorite this year and right now they're falling a little short of it but the fact that the they were willing to pick them and show that kind of confidence in the Mastodons preseason after being a regular season co-champ last year, he said that says a lot about where this program is at, that it's come into the Horizon League and it's earned some respect and people have noticed right away. And I'd, I'd agree with that. I think it's a great comment by John. And Look, he's done an outstanding job with the program. I mean, we can talk about myself and Tony and, you know some of the some of the players, but John John really has taken that program to where it is today in a major way, and he should get a ton of credit for that. Now, granted, he's been there nine years, which I could believe uh, as the head coach. And so, hey, look, if I'd have had nine years, cough, Coach Kaufman, I mean, geez, they wouldn't have kicked me out. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, I I'm just impressed with how John uh, puts puts value on culture, uh, the importance of representation, representing yourselves in the program. There's a really neat, it's, it's really cool, it was really fun to, to be around those guys yesterday, That the sense of pride that they have, that, that I didn't necessarily feel like maybe I enforced uh, as the coach there. Uh, and John has just done a great job, and I couldn't be happy for him in the program. The uh, You had a chance to see a pretty historic night, not only a 1,000-point scorer, but then Jared Godfrey puts up 32 points and ends up being a 2,000-point scorer. That's pretty rare in college basketball, so a pretty special night for the Mastodons last night in the 82-73 win over Oakland. What did you think about some of the individuals and the players that you saw last night? Well, I look, I just got some... He's got some talent. I mean, everybody that's asked me what I thought of the game, I just, gosh, he's got a squad. I text John after the game. I said, you got a squad. You can find a way to either get four more points from your offense or take away four points from your defense that you're going to do some serious damage. And I'm not talking just, you know, in the regular season. I think they've got a chance to really 
you know, achieve that goal of, of winning their league, uh, winning the turn, the conference tournament, and then potentially doing some damage in the NCAA tournament. I know I'd probably get laughed at, but he's got firepower. God, the way Godfrey, Godfrey, when he catches that ball, his eyes go right to the rim, and there's nothing stopping him. I think the only thing that's stopping him is, is perhaps a double team or rotation, but he's so good around the rim, and he shoots such a soft ball. You know, there's not a lot of just big-time bricks. So a guy like Petey, um, you know, a guy like, what is it, Mulder, 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 the big kid, the other big kid, those guys, yeah, they should should get a ton of rebounds. And Bobby should get a ton. Those guys should get a ton of rebounds around the rim just because, um, you know, when it leaves Godfrey's hands, it's, it's either going in or in and out every time. Talking to Dane Fife, who joins us on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline. Tomorrow, it is Indiana-Purdue. The schedule makers kind of backloaded both of these games, putting them late in the season. The one tomorrow will be down at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, where you've spent plenty of time um, as a player and uh, a year ago as a coach. And, uh, and let's talk about this rivalry, your experience with it, because... Many people feel that it's lost some of its luster. What is your sense with this rivalry compared to maybe back when you played? I think it has lost some of its luster just because one or the other hasn't been good. They haven't been good a lot together. And right now, you know, Purdue's one in the country, and Indiana's still ranked. They probably, if they win, they'll remain ranked. But if they lose, they, they, you know, if, if the rankings came out today, they wouldn't be ranked. But, um, I do think there's hatred there. I, I've always sensed hatred from certain people. Personally, I, I don't hate Purdue. I I have a ton of respect for Purdue, for Purdue with um, the way they play, how they represent themselves, and you know I, I used to, I collected a paycheck from Purdue for six years, so uh, I've got to have a little sense of loyalty there. And being at Michigan State for so long, it's kind of dulled my my uh, my senses as far as the rivalry goes um i just think you know matt painter's always treated me like like gold and i just it's hard for me to to root against him and i, I won't be rooting for purdue tomorrow but uh i won't be rooting against him was there a time where you doubted matt painter as a coach at purdue never no i've always i mean i he i followed him when he was at southern illinois and and then we played him early. We played Purdue early in, early in my career, early in his Purdue coaching career. At, I think he was still an assistant. Well, he might even played against Katie as last year. But uh, when we played, well, I coached against him, um, you could see just a, you know, his disposition, you know, the way, way people react to him. You could see something special there. And, um, you know, people want to make a big deal about national championships or doing damage in the NCAA tournament. I mean, there's very few programs around the country that have the ability to do that. You know, you could put Jay Wright with a, with a certain program and you probably never get to the, get to the, uh, get to the national championship game. It's just, there's very few that have the ability to do that. And you need luck on your side too. You know, Dane five joining us and Dane, You've been through many of the recruiting circles and just in big time college basketball with the fan bases the way they are. 
Indiana, Purdue, they, of course, have very vocal, very passionate fans. Um, but Matt Painter has become very comfortable with recruiting to his program, to what he wants to see in a basketball player. It's not about winning the press conference, so to speak. It's not about all the stars and and the the ranking of them nationally. It's about finding guys that he believes will play his brand of basketball that are coachable, that, that can adjust to his system. And in college basketball, how difficult is that to, to be able to, that you believe in maybe personally, but it's not going to win over the fan base. Is that is that an issue at all at any of the places you've been or just in college basketball in general? Well, I don't know if this will sound right, but by and large, winning will win over the fan base. Um, you know, I think personality probably plays a role. Players, you know, playing style plays a role, but winning will usually... You know, hold pretty strong, hold your position pretty firm, you know, with relating to the fan base. Uh, Purdue is always, you look at their personnel, I think Coach Painter just gets asked the question so much, like, you're playing with these guys that look like they can, but some of them can't even get the rim, you know. <laughs> Purdue has always kind of been like that. I just saw a good friend, Austin Parkinson, he's a former Mastodon. Uh, coach, but Austin's a yeah. coach at Butler, and then you know Austin was a good player at Purdue. Um, you know he's he's probably uh, he's not very big, not a tremendous athlete. I think his dad's the all-time assist leader at Purdue. But I guess my point is they they've always kind of played that way. I guess what we're really seeing now is um, it's even more important. It's even more polarized because. Um, what what what's happened is they're getting longevity. They're getting players. Purdue is having their players are staying essentially the full four years. Uh, there's there, there's not a lot of kids leaving Purdue, um, and so they're they're getting players that 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 stay one and two. They've really found an interesting niche with these giants like an Edie or a Haas. You know they. They did an incredible job with Caleb Swanigan. We recruited Travion Williams at Michigan State, and uh, there's no way I thought he would end it up as good as he was. And so I, I give it's hats off to Purdue, Matt Painter, and his staff. That, um, but it's easy to see why it's happening. I mean, it's it's not complicated, but it takes. Um, it takes a good leader, and it takes uh, good program support, and they've got both. Of course, one thing that Matt Painter has shown is you can win with that uh, big man, and they have that seven-footer, and build uh, around him. Uh, you know, a lot of people think right now basketball is is a short man's game. It's it's you know five guards, uh, five out, and, and all this, but. When you look at Zach Eady, I feel like there's a, a pretty good chunk of fan base or, or just basketball so-called experts that think Zach Eady does not have talent. He's just big. And and I kind of counter that because I feel like 
big men have a different skill set that you've got to appreciate. He's trimmed down. He's learned not to foul. He's uh, He gets into good positions. He has a couple of shots that he's darn near perfected over the left shoulder, over the right shoulder. Uh, he uses shot fakes. I mean, there's a lot of things that you got to appreciate if you understand big man play, and we don't see a whole lot of it in the game today. What are your thoughts about Zach Eady? Uh, as far as his skill level, and should a guy like him, who has that distinct physical advantage, be a player of the year candidate? I mean, it's a good point, Brett. I I think this. I think Zach Eady's going to play in the NBA, you know, and he's going to play in the NBA because he is good enough. Yes, he's big, but he is good enough. There is a there is a spot for him in the NBA. I think um, you can get away with playing with guys like Zach Eady more in, at the college level because, I mean, the NBA's got, what, 300 players, the top players in the world, and um, it's just not that way in college. Uh, you got 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, sometimes 17-year-olds. I mean, Gary Harrison, Jaron Jackson were freshmen for us at Michigan State. We're 17, and they're playing against, you know, you think about today, they could be playing against 25-year-olds. <laughs> And so mm-hmm. there's just not enough elite, elite players that understand the game, that can play the game, that can execute to where you can expose someone, um, you know, that, that's kind of out of place. And I don't even want to say Zach E's name when I talk about this because he's not out of place because he's going to play in the NBA. And the guy he's going to be playing against tomorrow is going to play in the NBA, and that's Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, this is going to be too really good players uh, tomorrow going at it, and it's going to be fun to watch. I think the other thing you got to watch for well, is that... Coach Fino. Huh? No, go ahead. I, 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 I was just going to address that, that you, when you talk about those two bigs going head-to-head, what do you like in that matchup? I mean, is there is there someone that has advantage? I think Edie has the advantage, one, because <laughs> he's so big, but two... Um, there's no really good way. There's no real, there's no great way to guard him. You're just, you know, you can't shut him down, uh, because he's such a good passer. And the best thing that you can do, this is this kind of success that we had with Isaac Haas at, when I was at Michigan State, is you want to root him out at least a step beyond where he's used to catching the ball. Because at least then you give your, your, um, Defenders on the perimeter a chance to what we call reach in or dig in and swipe the ball away or make them pick it up. Um, but the thing I worry about is is just fouls and you know him pinning Trace or Race or, or um, uh, Malik uh, Malik Renault uh, so Renew. deep that they just yeah. Renault Renew that they so deep that they can't uh, they just can't do anything about it. Um, what Indiana has to do tomorrow, though, offensively with Trace, is they have to get him out on the perimeter and let him work his way in. You know, one of the things that Zach Eady struggles with is he allows his um, he allows the in the pick and roll he allows the roll guy, which will be Trace tomorrow, to get behind him, which creates a major advantage because someone has to stop him because someone has to be there to help Zach Eady to give Zach Eady time to get back to the rim where Trace is rolling. Otherwise, it's a lob dunk. And, 
a guy like Jalen Hutchifino should be able to recognize that and kick it out if someone does decide to help Zach Eady and, and stop Trace from getting to the rim. should be an easy kick out for a three. That's something that IU doesn't do well. They need to do better is those types of scenarios. If not, it could be a long day tomorrow. If you had the scout and you were on the Michigan State bench, would you have maybe had uh, the Spartans sending more double teams at Edie than they did? No, no. I, I know. That, I know that we had success defending uh, basically someone who's the exact same player as it relates to um, trying to get a big man trying to get deep post position before they receive the ball, and we had a lot of success with it. And, in fact, uh, you know, we had a lot of success with it um, throughout the years with, with the Purdue Giants, um, A.J. Hammond. Um, we were just willing to say, hey, you can catch it all you want. But if you catch it, and, and you, you may get some buckets, but if you catch it, you're going to have to work, and you better watch it because we're going to be digging hard. And, essentially, you just, you, you're right behind them. You just work. You just, if you can envision, you just, you're getting into the uh, player, getting into the small of his back, and just forming a, an arc, just an arc around the around the basket, just outside the charge line. Mm-hmm. You just want him to catch the ball a step or two outside of his normal, uh, the normal spot that he catches it. And it's not hope for the best, you know. There's a method because it slows down their offense. Because if if you stick to their shooters, then it's one on one. And that takes time. I mean, it's it's not catch, turn, and shoot like it typically is uh, against most teams with Zach Eady. Can uh, Trace Jackson Davis handle that assignment with that type of game plan? Can he can he be that guy defensively against Eady? Uh, if it were the whole, if it's the whole game, no. I, I don't like Trace guarding him. Uh, if Trace is playing 32, 33, 35 minutes. I don't like that because Edie's playing 30 minutes. Race Thompson has been effective uh, in the past against guys mm-hmm. like this. He was good against Edie last year. I'm not sure about Renew, and I'm not sure about maybe a Logan Duncan coming in. But I really, because Race follows the game plan, and Race does his job, and he's strong enough. Race is strong. One thing people don't really understand is how strong Race Thompson is, and he and he's pretty savvy. That's one thing he can hang hang his hat on is. He's pretty good defending big guys. I don't know if he likes to do it, but he's pretty good at it. I mean, he's got taken a few elbows over the years. Of course, this rivalry goes back a uh, long time, and I think uh, it, it, it didn't. The, uh, of course, there's always been Indiana Purdue, but didn't this rivalry kind of hit its peak when it was about the coaches, about Bob Knight and and Gene Cady, right? That, I mean, it really. I look at this and I'm like, yeah, the Indiana, the Purdue thing, everybody graduated from one or the other, it seems, in this state. But this rivalry was built on the programs that those two guys basically established, wasn't it? You know, somebody brought that up. I'm not sure who I was talking to, but that's a really good point because it's always had a polarizing figure up until, you know, recent years. and. You know, like somebody asked me about Duke in North Carolina. Same scenario. He's coach. They asked me if the, if the rivalry was um, the same without um, Coach K. And I said no, and it's for that reason. You've always kind of had somebody like a, a polarizing figure, and it doesn't have to always be a coach, but it usually is. 
you know, it's it, it'll never be the same as the Night Katie years, but I think um, it still is a pretty good rivalry. It can be a pretty good rivalry, um, especially when teams are playing the way they are right now. Among all arenas, and let's just focus on the Big Ten. That's where you've spent most of your, most of your time, most of your career. Uh, now that you've been both a home participant and a road participant at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, what is that arena worth as far as positive points for IU and maybe points taken away from the visitor? How much, if you had to put a scale on all the arenas in the Big Ten, I'd say Rutgers is right up there, maybe number one. But is there a point differential? Is there something you could say? I'd, I'd say, you know, it's a three-point swing or a four-point swing to play at Simon Scott Assembly Hall with that atmosphere. I like the traditional seven to ten. I mean, that's the common common number that around the around the in college basketball, you got to be ten points better. And I think that holds true at the at, at Assembly Hall. Assembly Hall, um, it's it. It can get it of my in my years. There's been no arena that's gotten louder than Assembly Hall. Both of them happened when I was a player, and both of them were against a really good Michigan State team. But I also think the Breslin Center. I don't. I don't. I don't really agree with you with the, with Rutgers. I they just don't have the support. You know, most of the time it's half empty, and much of the time they don't have the student section. No, it's pretty tough right Those now. Those darn crowd mics fool you, don't they? Those crowd <laughs> mics. I would say that um, the Breslin Center um, is the most consistent, but I do know that, um, you know, Coach Crean had it rolling. I mean, they were pretty loud when Coach Crean was there. Um, I'd, I'd say, you know, I'd still like to see the, see the student body, see the, the student section fill up uh, at Assembly Hall. Um for every game. And when that happens, I think that's when we'll really start to see Assembly Hall uh, become the Assembly Hall of old. Just about out of time, Dane, but I do have to ask because I, I had this conversation with Coach Sims earlier. Uh, now that you've attended a practice and seen Coach Sims go through a scout uh, on the floor, you're supposed to grade his performance and how much he's improved as a coach since that day when you somehow <laughs> had made that ill-advised hire. Yeah, it was ill-advised. I would say that uh, he's no Ray Sims. Ryan Sims is no Ray Sims. I'll say this though: when, when I hired uh, Ryan Sims as a GA, he he couldn't even he, he didn't talk so much loud. He didn't talk louder than a whisper, and to listen to him out on the court barking and giving directions, I was impressed. I mean, he's on his way to being Ray Sims. He, he was it was impressive. He's a really good basketball coach. He's got a great basketball mind. Grew up with you know his brother and him and the whole Sims family. I mean that's. That's a great basketball family in Fort Wayne, and uh, I was really impressed. I give it an A. You know, I, I don't give out A pluses. I, I give Ryan Sims coaching expertise and his delivery. I give it an absolute <laughs> A. What uh, What's next for you, by the way? Are, are you wanting to get back to coaching? Is broadcasting your future? What What are the immediate plans? What are the long term plans? I'm not sure. Um, I suppose I better figure out over the next couple months. But um, what I've been doing is is 
going around the country, visiting with different programs, sprinkling in a few um, commentating jobs here and there. Um, I guess uh, I'm soliciting for for people to employ me, but um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm actually at Ball State. I'm going to the Ball State game to watch the Fighting Mike Lewis tonight. They play Eastern Michigan. Uh, maybe Mike needs ah. another broadcast, a third broadcast. But look, I... I'm not in a hurry. Uh, I want to make sure I make the right decision. I made the wrong one uh, the previous go-around. I want to make the right decision here for me and my family. And, um, you know, I, I can trust in the good Lord that he'll guide me in the right direction. Real quick, when you're talking to these other programs, are you looking at head coaching opportunities or are you wanting to get back as an assistant? What What's your goal as far as coaching? I don't. I wouldn't mind being a head coach. I think um, I'm not overly excited uh, to do that. I just I want to make sure I put. I know it sounds pretty generic, but I, I, I guess most importantly, uh, I want to make sure that I can be at my best uh, for for the working environment and also for my family. And that could be a head coach, depending on the scenario, but it could also be an assistant coach. It could also be something in broadcast i mean i'm really just trying to get a feel right now and, and i'm not exactly sure well i'll tell you what we pay a diet coke and that's about it but uh you know anytime you're in town you're always welcome to throw the headset on with us so uh great great talking to you dane it was good seeing you and i, I hope we could touch base again sometime soon absolutely i appreciate you having me on brent thank you that is dane fife joining us former uh, well, let's go back. He was a former Indiana Hoosier player. He was a former IPFW head coach, kind of really got this pro- program's trajectory trending up during his tenure uh, as the head man on the bench at uh, IPFW and then uh, turned it over to Tony Jasic, who then uh, passed the reins on to John Kaufman, so to speak, as everybody got promoted from within. And then uh, Dane Fife went on to Michigan State, spent many times, many years as the assistant at Michigan State with Tom Izzo. And last year, the mistake that he was referring to was he joined the Indiana Hoosiers staff and uh, things just didn't gel between him and head coach Mike Woodson. And unfortunately, it led to him being a free agent this season. So, uh, but great to have Dane join us. we got to take a break. We're at the top of the hour. We've still got one hour left, and it's going to be jam-packed. We're going to be talking to Raphael Davis about this matchup and break down some more of the X's and O's with Indiana versus Purdue. Also, Maria Marcasana, women's basketball coach, Purdue Fort Wayne. What a huge win the program got yesterday. And coming up tomorrow, it's... It's pink out, and we've got to discuss that. And the coach will join us at 535. Stay with us. It is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.